We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fellas, what's happening? Welcome in, everybody. It is a, listen, what is today? I don't know, Tuesday, second day of free agency. We're in the midst of it. We're going to do a Tuesday Ask the OBR show. Thought that was a better idea this week than toiling around in draft talk because we got plenty of time to talk about the draft coming up soon. So, you know, if you're still hankering for draft content, there is a draft, mock draft still up every day that you can consume. Got all the picks making picks based on what the Browns are doing in free agency. We no longer have to mock free agency. We're getting a sampling of free agency. But I would say today was far slower than I think any of us imagined, not just for the Browns, but across the NFL. So we'll talk about all of it. We'll take your questions in just a little bit as well. Joined tonight by Andrew Spade, Jack Duffin, both of my OBR colleagues, fantastic at what they do. What's up, fellas? I'm just having a great time. Um, this is this is it's basically Christmas, and it lasts more than one day. Um, you spend ages. I've spent hours. I'd, I'd say it's realistic to say I've spent a good hundred hours at least on this free agency class, writing about everyone. Six hundred people I wrote on, um, and yeah, now it's all happening. And uh, the, the joy of this is, I'm not been sat here having to like pretend I. I'm okay with some moves I've hated. Everything has been mm-hmm. roughly where you expected. Yeah, I could argue a little bit more. Um, I wouldn't have done certain deals, but I've not got angry yet, which is always a bonus. <laughs> I kept Jack from being angry. Look yeah. at that. What's up, Andrew? Yeah. Uh, I'm same. I'm also not angry. So I, you know, uh, three for three on being generally pleasant fellows to to be on camera uh you know i i think yeah jake what you said about today being slow is interesting it's it does kind of feel like there's some some markets right now they're kind of waiting to settle out and some you know some some players that uh that maybe are waiting to uh to to make a decision that you know we didn't think we're going to take this long i mean one of the names that jumps to my mind is chauncey gardner johnson uh is a player that i would have thought would have had enough interest that he would have been signed by now the longer players like that stay available, you wonder if they end up back with the team that they, you know, they left from. So 
you know, can the Eagles bring him back for a little bit of a discount? So I, I'm, I'm just kind of interested to see what this next phase looks like. Uh, we saw, you know, one or two player trades today. That Stefan Gilmore trade was interesting. So mm-hmm. there's also that, that question of, you know, is there, is there more trading to be done? Uh, and then you also kind of wonder like, are things, uh, wow, we are getting just deluge with uh, subscriptions. I, I've, ne- I've never seen awesome. that many subscriptions. Um, Fantastic. Um, Whoever did that, shout out wonder, to you. How much is just the the league sitting around and waiting for Aaron Rodgers to decide what he wants to do? Because I think when anytime there's a big domino like that, it does kind of hold up business a little bit. You remember the same thing happened with the Watson thing last year. So um, just I'm really curious where we, we're sitting right now and kind of really wondering if more happens tonight and what what comes next. Yeah, the trade stuff caught everybody by surprise. We'll do a little around the NFL. I know you guys are listening to hear about the Browns, but but I do think this is more of an example to me, guys, of off-season trades differing from in-season trades. I think this is something that you have to understand is the level of desperation as we approach deadlines in the regular season creates a chaotic value of deal that I don't think is realistic in, for the most part. So like you see today, I understand Darren Waller, Again, um, not on the field as much as you would want the past few years, but still a player in his athletic prime, a mismatch when he's out there at any given moment, he goes for pick 100. I think that if you pay attention to enough Raiders people, they're pretty ticked about it uh, in in general. Um, And again, shout out to anybody who really wanted Josh McDaniels a couple years back. We we Mm. still remember. Um, Mm. And then... Obviously, too, we see – I'm a little less surprised. Stephon Gilmore going for a fifth is not a surprise, given he's older. I mean, he's he's pushing the age dynamic here to the maximum. He's still very good, but that one's not as surprising. But, like, when you look at some of these trades and the fact that, that I find it so funny that Arizona is still publicly – not that they're going to come off of this publicly, probably be interested to know what they're doing on the phones behind closed mm-hmm. doors with DeAndre Hopkins. They're not getting a second-round pick. No one is moving. I mean, we just saw right. Jalen Ramsey, who's just 28. He's in the peak of his powers as a corner go for that that what is a third round pick essentially so like really what you're getting here is more evidence that teams who want to trade these veterans you're not going to get the deal you think you're going to get like a brandon cooks deal is probably going to involve houston eating some of that cap like i just think it would i think they're gonna have to eat some of the money on that deal for the other team if you're trading hopkins and again like the waller is an example of like he just signed an extension he's got a lot of money owed to him the same with hopkins you're just not going to ship that player off and get a great value. The only great values you're getting here are young players who are in their rookie contract or right around, haven't been paid yet, have years to play on that rookie contract. That's when you can see real value. So I know today has been filled with a lot of conjecture because we haven't seen anybody sign really. I mean, we saw Sione Taki Taki come back, but that was kind of floated and around, and we thought that was going to happen. But we didn't really see anything else other than we got a little bit more contract details, which we'll talk about with Jack here in just a minute. But, like, the names – being concrete on the market, Cortland Sutton, um, and then obviously Jerry Judy, we have seen some flotation of Elijah Moore, but there's less tangible information that says he's actually available. I don't know what Denver's doing. I don't know why they would give up Jerry Judy in the midst of where they're currently at with their franchise, and they're trying to revive hope here and bring in a new coach and revive everything about their passing game. still doesn't make sense to me. But those are the guys that are going to move for something real. You're not going to see Hopkins – um, I don't think Lockett, Lockett was kind of a name that was floated a long time ago. I haven't heard any buzz about that. He won't be moved. But like these veterans, hey, man, you're getting Amari Cooper trades. That's what you're getting. Right. You're not getting anything more than that. 
and today was was evidenced by it. So I'll open it up if you guys have anything, any other signings that stood out. To, I'm just stunned that there's no safety movement. There's zero right. safety right. movement today. And I, when I say zero, I mean zero. I also just noted on Twitter that it seems like every linebacker who they're unsure, he might be really good or he might be overvalued, is getting like two years, 11 million. It's just ironic at this point. Leighton Van Der Esch gets two years, 11 million, same as David Long. And um, that, that to me is just kind of a funny number that's sitting there. But otherwise, it's been a dud of a day. I don't I don't really – I mean, Jacoby Meyer signs far less than what Pro Football Focus had him at. Now, the Pro Football Focus has nailed several of these, but there have been some where you can just see that they don't know how the NFL really values a guy. So, like, Jacoby Myers gets, I think, three years 33 when they had him at four years 60, 45 million guaranteed. So, a lot undervalued. And from that, we had – some some promising NFL voices tell us, well, the wide receiver market is going to flood. <laughs> a single thing. We didn't see anything. So we're right. still sitting here like two days into this, and maybe the four o'clock hour when teams officially put in some of their, um, you know, salary cap and adjustments and reshaping of what they're doing with some contracts. Maybe that starts the ball moving here. But uh, and, and again, it's still day two. It's seven o'clock. We saw Dalvin Tomlinson sign last night at like eleven. So plenty can still happen. We could have a signing happen on air. That'd be kind of cool. But like there's a lot of talent still sitting out there right now. And I think it's interesting that we're still like, I feel like last year it was just like a ton of names going, going, going. And day one was relatively exciting, but day two year has been a bit of a dud. So I think there's just, uh, I don't know if it's going to be prolonged. I'm curious what you guys think. Is it going to be prolonged where this thing stretches out over two, three, four weeks? Or do you think four o'clock tomorrow hits things click over to the new year? We're going to see a lot more action in the next two or three days. Jack, what do you think? I think you generally just see runs on um, rooms. So when something domino falls, it's almost the tiers because we had like, take defensive tackle, for instance, we had that sort of tier one and tier two, and they're, they're mostly all done now. Um, there's like Matt Ionide is probably the only guy left in that sort of tier two. But then we've just seen the first guy go in tier three, which is Jerron Reed. Um, we don't have a final number yet because there's, the uh, rap sheets tweeting out with incentives in there, which quite frankly, just give me the real number. Um, I don't want the agent's drivel, um, which probably means it's around 4 million a year. And if that position market starts coming in, then the next guy goes and it goes. And then um, I think it was a few years ago when Kenny Golladay signed, there was a lot of hype around the wide receiver market. People are going to get loads of money. And then it took two days and then it started moving. Um, because, hey, if, if there's sort of five teams around offering deals to six guys, as soon as number one takes and goes, right, that's the market set, you don't want to be the person stood there at the end of the table, which has to take one year prove it deal because everyone's taken the good stuff. Um, so it's going to be interesting, to know, but I think a lot of stuff will be done by Friday. And if people aren't done by Friday and sort of into the weekend, then they'll probably push it and uh, wait a little bit longer. But people want to get signed before the draft players are well aware you do not want to be sat around waiting for the draft because people's money dry up and then they go hey we've got this young promising guy that's a fifth round pick and we're going to stick with him um they shouldn't but hey they're, they're not going to cut a guy they've just drafted to bring in some vet that messed him around and took ages to decide so it should yeah. be fun but there's plenty of spots the browns still have needs um i think i've got a good six free agent spots where i'm expecting movement so um plenty of guys not big sexy moves but important moves andrew i'll come to you on this one i mean it mm -hmm. seems like the colts have pretty much told us what they're doing right they yeah. 
have only really signed a kicker. They just cut Matt Ryan. They're telling us they're going to draft a quarterback. They're telling us they're in rebuilding mode. They're trading Stephon Gilmore, which is an ultimate win now corner because of age and contract. We follow some people that, that write on the Colts, and I still have not seen DeForest Buckner really come up. And, and right. man, like, I know the question has already been asked, and I promise we'll answer it around. If you put Dalvin Tomlinson at the one or the shade or whatever, who's your three? Who's your three, four eye wide, wide defensive tackle? And God, I mean, geez, DeForest Buckner, if you could move 98 for him. Now, the salary cap's tough, it's tight, particularly because of Tomlinson, but like, you want to talk about what a dream defensive line would look like. And then you could draft mm-hmm. one, an edge, and draft a D tackle. Then, then, I mean, like, holy cow. So, I mean, I guess I'm looking at you for answering not just Buckner, but the trade market in general. Yeah. It's conjecture, it's total guess. But does your gut tell you? that they're going to make some trade of a player for a player, not giving up a player. I know there was some right. some goofiness about when the Cowboys had been floated to be trading for a corner that <laughs> the Browns were involved. They're not moving corners unless um, – I just I, – I don't – I really don't think they're moving corners. They'd have to get they, blown they like away, them too think, much. Yeah. yeah, they they like them too much. They need yeah. them. They need them in this division. Right. So right. do you think they're going to trade for someone? Because, I mean, I know last year there was nothing floated out there before the Amari Cooper deal. There was Dallas is trying to move him. Right. But, like, that's already been out for a lot of guys. That's been out yep. for a lot of guys. So, like, yeah, man, answer the question. Give us your answer, and this is going to be a finite thing. You're going you're gonna to pin this down, but it's really hard. I, I just can't get, a, I can't get a feel for if they're going to move somebody, man, for somebody. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I – my – right now my hunch is that they don't just because, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm leaning right now towards – them being more involved in free agency and not wanting to give up any draft assets. Um, I, mm-hmm. I feel like if they had a trade that they loved, they would have made it already. The Amari Cooper one happened uh, the weekend before free agency opened. You know, they wanted to have that settled beforehand. Um, yeah. Now, obviously, you know, teams can come off of their valuations, but, you know, I, I think that this is one of those areas where Andrew Barry is so much like, you know, uh, the guys that run the Cleveland guardians and that he has his, his value for these guys, you know, he knows what he would give up and he doesn't budge, you know, he, he's not going to give, I think the same thing happened with Draymond Jones last night, to be honest with you, you know, he has a value in mind for what he would pay Draymond Jones. Uh, the Seahawks were more flexible in terms of what the contract deals would be. Um, they give him a little more guaranteed money, something like that, shorter contract. Draymond is a, is a Seahawk and now Dalvin Tomlinson is a, is a Brown. So, I, I really think, you know, and it, it sometimes can bite these guys in the butt a little bit, right? That, Like, there's a good thing to having your numbers and having it all kind of laid out. And then there's something to be said for adapting in the moment to what it takes to get a deal done. And I think, you know, I think you, you can make an argument on both sides of that. But but right now, my, my gut would be that they don't make that trade because I think if they were going to make that trade, it would have happened. Um, so that it's tells me that the point. right fit is not out there for them. That's a very fair point. I think especially going into what, you know, if if you made a deal for Buckner, you're certainly right. not going out and pursuing a big-name defensive tackle that's going to cost you $14 million a year or whatever right. the number and ends I, up being. I know there's some, I, I we're going to talk about that in a minute. Given where the Colts are at and, and all their needs, I wouldn't be surprised if they're just like, give us a first-round pick. And nobody's, you know, I mean, I, uh, the Browns yeah. can't. But, you know, and the Browns probably can't afford to give him 42 for Buckner either. And so they're at a little bit of an impasse. Now, if the Browns had, a, you know, their original third in, you know, in what, the 70s, is that a compromise point that they could work with? And I think that's part of it is it's almost harder to trade draft picks for players when you've got 42, which is too valuable, and 98, which is probably not enough to get a deal done. Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah, it would take the Colts just folding. It would it would take them right. saying we want to just move off of his money. Now, also right. Kenny Moore, that's a fun slot option. We can talk that's about that at another time. <laughs> uh, well, I'm interested, and we'll we'll dig into those throughout the coming yeah. weeks when we see what they do with that position and if there's any sort of cheap vet. But like, yeah, I mean the trade market. I think you make a fair point. It, it's it's certainly one that you like to attack before free agency. And I think if you're putting odds at a certain level here, their tendencies where their cap's sitting, a lot of maneuvering right now. We really have only seen them maneuver Watson, and I know Jack has been fantastic at, at illuminating for people. They can move several others here, but they they really don't want to. You don't want to do it unless you have to do it, particularly because things are going to get tighter and tighter for them as we move down the road. So um, I just want to get that question out there because I think it's a really important one. Real quick, before we move on, I know we're broadcasting YouTube and Twitch here, but I wanted to shout out some people on Twitch gifting uh, some tier one subs. Red Leader 74, thanks a ton for that, man. You gifted five subs. And then Matt J. Darcy gifted five uh, tier one subs as well. And, and we accomplished what they uh, in the industry call a hype train, which is really cool. Um, you know, a lot of people donating. And if I miss somebody else who donated because there were like 70, I'm imagining OG Philly is one of them because he's just always gifting subs yeah, in Philly's some form in or fashion. He probably did it because um, yeah, we got like. 30 subs so <laughs> yeah it's pretty bananas so listen whoever did that i hopefully i yes. gave you the right credit i appreciate it uh we appreciate you so start filling up the uh, chat with questions we'll answer them before we dig into the questions i do want to go over with everybody what financial details we have out there particularly interesting with dalvin tomlinson which i'm hoping i'm zoomed in enough for everybody to follow along with what jack will tell us so i think jack my baseline understanding of contracts it smells like a two-year contract so Talk me through why it's a two-year contract, even though it's listed as a four-year contract. Yeah, so just on the screen, you've got the full de- deal, but I always prefer, let, let's do it year by year because it will give us a sense of where we're at. So if we jump to um, year one, scroll down, um, just scroll down a bit here. Um, this is year one. So what he's actually getting physically paid in year one is $16.415 million. Um, and how they're going to do that is bring the base salary down to the smallest they can do it because the longer you are in the league, the slightly more money you get paid. And then he's given a signing bonus. And because of the void here, they spread that out. But he's physically going to get given $16.415 million this year. But they only have to account for the $4.347 we have got over on the right side on the salary cap. So that's year one's pay, which... They could easily have gone, hey, we're going to do this all as base salary, 16.415. And then they're just not using the credit card. But hey, he's going to be here for at least two years. So put it on the credit card. And we'll deal with it down the line. So next up, year two, um, they're only paying him 11.585 this year. So a lot less. Um, but again, tiny base salary um, and the option bonus in there, which is just it's another name, but it's a signing bonus beyond the year where they sign. Um, so just view them straight as signing bonuses. The per game roster bonuses are just there that if he's ever injured, they get a little bit of money back. Quite frankly, I have no idea why teams bother with them in a way because if he's out for the whole season, saving 250000 is not going to allow you to bring in a replacement. Much. Yeah. Um, so he's against the cap. Like to, to For the layman folks paying attention, which I am, I am too, like what are his cap numbers year one and year two? Like you listed them here, so his first year is four point three, and then three point four. Yeah, uh, so it's slightly more in that um, twenty twenty four. So if we go up to yep. the uh, first one, um, up again, 
first year is 4.347 and then the second year is 6.502 and I've got a really good breakdown if we we touch on year three and four just so we can see them and then we'll look at how AB does deals so years three and four are identical 13 million base Um, the roster bonus is there just um, paid on the third day of the league year and effectively all that is there is his agent saying decide right at the start of free agency whether you want to keep my player or let him go because if you don't want to keep him you don't want to ever be in a position like Sheldon uh, Richardson was where there was no protection like this in his deal and AB was allowed to sort of kick the can and decide later um, down the line which then meant hey the market wasn't great then um, mm-hmm. And then the last part is the per game roster bonus. It's just a bit bigger in years three or four. But if we jump down to where I talk about potential outs, okay. um, I think it's really keep going down. Yeah, this tweet here. So this is how I think it's a really easy way because people see dead cap and they get really worried and they think, oh no, is this a bad thing? Um, and it, hey, dead, it's not a nice word. Um, but after two years, if they want to have an out in the deal, they're effectively going to pay him $28 million for the first two years of the deal. Once we get after that, it's just team options. Do they want to pay him $14.5 million for year three, $14.5 million for year four? But let's just work on the basis. It's effectively, let's say it's a two-year deal, $28 million, because a lot of these deals, hey, it's going to be slightly older then. They might get out of it fine. But if they wanted to avoid all dead cap, they could just pay him... 16.415 in year one, the 11.585 in year two, and then they just, they're done. There's no dead cap, anything after that. How AB and the Brown structure deals is they get those numbers right down. So we're looking at 4.347 in year one on the salary cap, 6.5 basically in year two. And then dead cap, once he's gone, hey, it'll be a post-June 1st cut with this scenario. They have five million um, the first year after he's off the roster, and then in that second year, twelve point one. But people look at it and go, "Oh no, the dead cap!" But it's the same twenty-eight million, and all they've done is just open up more space so yeah. Barry can be super aggressive in this twenty-three, twenty-four window. Because the last thing you want, if you're spending twenty-eight million in those two years, you're not signing other free agents. This would be it for free agency, and we'd be sat here and going, "Yep, we're done." We're not signing anyone else. And so that's what it's about. So don't panic about dead cap. Follow the cash flow. They're giving him 28 million. They're just spreading it over a few more years. To, uh, so needless to say, you love it. You love how this is structured. Yeah, no, I, I would be up for like, you push loads of deals. And as long yep. as you keep rolling a little bit of money over it, you're fine. Um, so no, they, they, it's allowing them to be really, really aggressive. And if we just touch on current cap spend, cash spend, um, a reminder of here's here's who's Jack's reminding you they could still adjust like when the league year hits at four o'clock tomorrow before that deadline oh, they, they can, can still adjust then. contracts uh, okay I didn't know if the four o'clock number was meaningful for anything um, uh, with that I guess it's announcing or something along those lines so Cooper so, Garrett Teller Batonio Chubb that's how much it's all listed here in this article you can go check it out they can say 15 on Cooper 12 on Garrett 9 on Wyatt Teller Joel Batonio's 7.8 and 7.8 for Nick. So those are the guys still floating out there. Yeah. So the reason why the four o'clock's key is because they need to be under the salary cap by that yeah. point. As long yeah. as they're under, these de- the restructure could happen like week one, week two of the season. 
Um, mm -hmm. There is no pressure on when they do them, um, so they can easily jump into it later. Um, this is a part I just wanted to touch on was cash spend because salary cap is all over the place. You'll have seen the, these numbers flying around there and teams manipulating everything else. Cash is a lot more consistent with how AB spends, but it also allows us to look at where he spent a lot more. And obviously, no surprise, you're going to see he's spent an awful lot more already at defensive tackle than um, if you look at how he's behaved in the last three years of what you would expect him to do. Um, it's not so much more on the defensive line because it balances out. Um, but just to give us an idea on where those large ones is, cornerbacks, obviously a massive jump because we went from three cheap guys to Denzel Ward got paid. Um, so just sort of a sense of whether I think they've probably got about 20 mil left um, to spend and poachage money still needs to account for that. But as well, if you spend, say you spend 4 million on a DT, hey, we're going to probably get rid of Jordan Elliott and then that's 3 million saved. So yeah. it'd only be 1 million yeah. net. But it gives you an idea that there, there's still some money to make some moves and the draft picks basically cost next to nothing. Um, the this pick 42 will cost like 3 mil. The rest are all like one million or less. So uh, they're not of note. And if you're adding a guy of a million, you're probably taking a guy off of a million. So um, okay, plenty of money for some more moves. Um, obviously, we need to get Jake his free safety. If uh, he doesn't get a free safety, hey. he's going to get awfully upset. I, I, I would love me a free safety. That market is so slow. Real quick, though, before we move on, I do want to look at a conquo. So we'll, we'll be uh, Okoronkos real quick. Like we'll be super hasty on this one, but I'll share it and you can talk through really quickly. Try to do your best abbreviated version here of his, uh, labeled as a three year 22, um, with some incentives on top of that. So, um, go ahead. He's going to be here all three years. I'm pretty sure. Um, because the final year is like five and a half and it's like you, if he's not playing up to a level of five and a half, then I will be shocked. So he's going to be here all three years. Um, before Miles Garrett, the last player to have two option bonuses in their contract was Joe Flacco when he got extended by the Ravens. So these are not common things. And Okoronkwo um, has managed to get two option bonuses just for them to kick the can at an insane level um, like I've never seen it before in my life. So um, they are very much going, look, hammer to the floor let's go and win so um no i don't think it's one we need to touch on all different parts <laughs> that's, that's why he's got an insane it. yeah it's an insane four void years and <laughs> backload they they are expecting and this is gonna jive with the film room that i'm putting out tomorrow and and where i am on him as a player he's an ascending talent like they think he is gonna really take off and i don't think there's much evidence against that other than if injuries happen but they see a window of three years with him. And I, I again, see that very much in the same mold. And like I was talking to Jack earlier, you know, if you think this player is so good, why wouldn't the Texans keep, well, the Texans are up against some things. They're trying to recreate their entire organization. They're not trying to tie themselves to maybe a 28 year old edge. And that's what he is. And it's important to remind yourself that he, instead of maybe taking a one year deal, he feels himself ascending. He's betting on, right time, right place to take a deal for some insurance, right? And that's a large part of why he would take this type of deal. Still pays him more money than his NFL career has seen by far. But if he were to have, say, like, again, not trying to, like, inflate anybody's Browns goggles any more than I can, but, like, he had 36 pressures last year and 280 pass rush snaps. 
he gets to 350 or 400 and plays that clowny role, which is a 700 to 750 snap range. A 45 pressure, 10 sack or more season is very possible for him. I'm telling you, the talent is there. I, I really encourage you tomorrow morning to read this film room and watch the sort of stuff he's putting on tape and how you could see him getting more comfortable with what he's doing. So I, I think when you tell me, Jack, this is a contract that they're not building any out, they're making it in zero sense to get out of these three years in any way, shape, or form early, it, it completely is in, in, in lockstep with what I see in a film room, which is a, an ascending, ascending player here. So anything else of note uh, to add uh, to, to his contract? I know you kind of have laid out here that they're spreading out. The cap numbers are two, one, and one, uh, essentially 2.1, 1.1, 1.1 over the next three seasons as far as his cap numbers. But explain a little more if you want to on that, Jack. Yeah, so if we jump up to the just above year one, um, it yep. breaks it all down. So it's 2.1 in the first year, 4.1, 5.3, and then when he's gone, 7.3. Um, but by all means, before he extend, it goes, they could look at him like a sort of Brandon Graham sort of guy of going, hey, we'll keep him for a few more years. And then you can kick that 7.3 over a few more years. Um, so it's one to keep in mind. But it was always the case when it was the clownies and the one-year deals, even with Vernon before that, it was never going to be sustainable to put a 10 million a year edge next to Miles Garrett long-term because it's just, mm -hmm. it's a little bit too much. Whereas you bring him in at six and suddenly we're sat here going, Hey, the cap's gone up. What it was sort of from a couple of years ago, but six is a really nice pairing because ideally you then hit on a draft pick, whether that's right, even somebody else, you then start getting a real monster rotation where, Hey, 25 million is going to Miles Garrett, but they've spread that out nicely already because they've paid him so early. Um, you're going to have a room that is going to... Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm genuinely excited to see what happens with this um, room because it, they're, they're one more piece, definitely a defensive tackle, but they could add another edge. Um, people are talking about Claire's Campbell. I would keep your eyes on Justin Houston as a better fit. That's another pressure monster. And uh, mm -hmm. Fowler, there was all the talk that he's going back to the Cowboys. Nothing's done yet. That guy, pressure to an insane level. Um, it's not just pressure. It's the speed at which he gets pressure. I mean, you're talking about one of the fastest when he gets to the football, one of the fastest in the NFL. As far as interior guys, before we jump to questions, which is right around the corner here, these are interior D linemen who are still available. Sheldon Rankins, who we wrote up, Matt Ioannidis, who we wrote up, Morgan Fox, Ashawn Robinson, Puna Ford, Greg Gaines, uh, former Brown, Taven Bryan, Dean Lowry, Fletcher Cox, Kalen Saunders, Akeem Hicks, Chris Wormley. There's a lot of, of talent still left for cheap up front that you can get some really good deals on. As far as edge goes, pretty surprised to see the slow nature of this group. Jadevin Clowney, hard pass, but he's still available. Charles Aminahu is available. Arden Key and Samson uh, Ebicom, the guys that we wrote up, all three of which were guys that I would have zero issue being Cleveland Browns, particularly Arden Key. You guys know that's my white whale. I love that guy. You talk about a guy who like you could add who's an edge, but also morphed into also being an interior player. You put $9 million into him, which is like a $4 million edge and a $5 million interior player cooking with hot grease man i love arden key i would love to see him here otherwise yannick and gawkway leonard floyd melvin ingram justin houston frank clark Dwayne smooth carlos dunlap like you're talking veterans down here the you know dante fowler robert quinn all guys who could be had for cheap who just want to get a role where they can rush the passer two three million plenty of really good options down below the arden key i become a minihu type group as well so uh, again if you're looking front 
that's that's who's out there, man. And there are a lot of appealing options. And we'll, you know, a lot of d- debate or not debate, but the big topic today with Dalvin Tomlinson was sort of, is he going to play the three or the one? And he's played both. He's played both. And I think he's been pretty effective at both. Um, but I think the thing that we'll start to figure out is what their plan for him is who they sign with him. I think if they sign a guy like an Sean Robinson or somebody of that nature, they're probably going to play him as a, as a, as a three, they're going to use him as a little bit of a wider technique. If they go out, they were to sign in a hypothetical sense of Puna four or sorry, I'm like a Morgan Fox or Taven Bryan, um, who we saw last year more as a three, right. Or maybe even a Fletcher Cox. Then you're talking about a guy who's probably going to be a bit more inside play the one. And that's not even talking about draft options. And, and, and I, I think I speak, I spoke about this on my pod last night, but it's easier to come into the NFL and rush the passer as a D tackle, taking on double teams, anchoring, splitting, keeping your linebackers free, ridiculously hard. So you can get a little bit more of a taste of success from your early drafted D tackles, whether that's 42, 98 or 111 with pass rush. So that's something that I'm sure that they're angling with there as far as what's easier to come in and do. And then, you know, you hope that Perry on Winfrey who had a nicer end of the year can start to take some strides there as well. Cause I think he's certainly a lock to be there, but um, safety real quick, Jordan Poyer, Chauncey Gardner, Johnson, the only guys who have signed, I'm just going to talk about guys who have signed. I, I, I was wrong guys. There's one player who signed today, Donovan Wilson who was interesting. Um, Cowboys safety uh, ended up signing three years, 24 million. But otherwise, like Juan Thornhill, Taylor Rapp, Julian Love, CJ, you know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Jordan Poyer, Ronnie McLeod, Adrian Amos, the list goes on and on here. I mean, Nasir Adderley, like they're all available. And um, we still have not seen any traction while on the show, so don't have anything else there. But I think when I'm looking at this, I, I mean, I'm highlighting safety. We, we saw them bring back Sione Taki Taki. That doesn't solve early in the season, Mike Linebacker. Andrew, I'm going to come to you. I'm, I'm sort of interested in where you think the priority is. I mean, if we're talking about sitting here with $11 million and we're operating yeah. under the idea that they are not going to restructure anybody, they would really prefer not to, is there a $7 million-ish safety that strikes you or $6 million that would be – because there's two routes to go. They could sign somebody a bit more expensive at that position or they could go get a cheaper safety, a $2, 3000000 million safety – and then right. continue to add depth pieces at other spots. So you're looking at things right now. Is it safety by a long, long way out for you? Or do you think there's still more work to be right. done at some other spots that matter just as much? Well, if the season started tomorrow, they'd be playing the Anthony Bell at safety, I think. So, I would or I guess Bubba, Bubba Bolden. So, um, or Bubba Ventrone. Can he still play? <laughs> Right. They are, are st- maybe Stefanski himself would strap a helmet on. <laughs> um, so like they obviously need to add, I think they need to add two safeties. I mean, obviously you can draft one or whatever, but they're, you know, they, they do not have a second safety that they want to play. And I don't think really with where they want to be as a team, you can afford to go into the season with DeAnthony Bell one injury away from being a starting safety. So they, there, there's a, there's a real gap there. And I think to the, to your point about the the names that you read, when you read the safety room, like there are still names available and not a lot of them assigned, but it's not that long of a list, right? The guys that I would be comfortable back there in a center field role, there's like a half dozen at most. Mm-hmm. When you read the edge list, it was like 20 names. And I'd be I'd like, they could sign any of those guys, you know, for 6 million or five, whatever it is for a one year, $5 million, $6 million contract. And I'd be like, great. That sounds good. Sign me up. You know? So um, yeah, it seems like they can wait at edge, uh, to Jack's point until the draft incentivizes these guys to take 
the the best remaining deal and and just add one more veteran to that room whereas at safety it feels like they need to make a move you know in the next day or two to make sure that they have a player that can actually you know operate as their deep safety i mean they that's you know that's a crucial position for schwartz and they don't have i mean delpit could do it but then you've got a huge hole at, at the at box safety so that yeah safety is where Thumb's i'm got to shake loose yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just, you know, as always, I know I'm annoying about this, but I'll put in a plug for wide receiver, whether it's free agency or the draft, you know, Jack's guy, Trent Sherfield is still out there. That would make sense. But, you know, I mean, if, if we, we saw Myers and Lazard sign today, so maybe some wide receiver moves start happening. Uh, you know, our, our, cheap, buddy, yeah, our buddy Cody Sook been, has been on DJ Chark. You know, there. that's another one to mention that hasn't. That's signed a bigger yet, name. So. so that that would be a bigger money spending. Right. So I think they'd have right. to restructure some things. I would. I mean, you know, if they got DJ Shark, I think he's a good. He's a really good player. Yeah. Comes with some risk. We know his injury history and some of those right. things. But they would have to do some movement. If they didn't and they went cheap, Sherfield, like you said, right. um, I feel pretty confident. I don't want either of uh, Miko Hardman or Paris Campbell, but like. A guy we loved during cut down last year was Darius yeah. Slayton. Like he's project, projected like two years, uh, 11 with like six guaranteed. I mean, right. if the, if the market's even cheaper than what it's been, that's a, that's a cheap name. So yeah, I mean, there's options. There's, there's, yeah. but I think your safety point is really well, well articulated there where yeah. they, there's not many there and they can get snatched up really quickly. There's a run on safety right. because ironically enough, Andrew Holloway here in the chat asked about Jabril Peppers. He just signed a two year deal with new England. So right. if you were to have the theory of, Hey, we'll slide Grant Delpit back and play a bit more of the post safety, and we'll bring in a guy comfortable in the box. Jabril Peppers is now off the market, and that's what's going to happen. This right. is going to trickle quick. So hopefully the Browns and, are and up. We like it. we like Delpit in in and around the box. We don't. I don't. I mean, from what I've yeah. seen, I don't really want to yeah. see Grant Delpit in that role. So I, I would yeah. be if that's if that if they have, the market forces them to play Delpit deep, I would be disappointed that they didn't anticipate that and get out in front of it. Yeah, the thing that I keep talking about is whether they're going to be a bit more of what. Tennessee was doing, which was two movable pieces back there who both right. went up and down. Right. Or are they going to be a bit more Malcolm Jenkinsy with with uh you know Rodney McLeod was also in that role too with with Philly, where they were a bit more, hey, we're pre-snap identifying close coverage. We don't care. We're gonna play man, we're gonna play three, we're gonna play six, right? And you got to deal with it. Um, I hate that about new coordinators because we just yeah. can't predict it as well. We don't really know. So there's like evidence of the Philly days for Schwartz and then evidence of what he learned or could have learned at Tennessee to bring yeah. with him. So we'll see about that. The other t- piece of news that has come out since we've been on and we'll come right back to you, Andrew, I promise is sure. the Kayla McGarry signing, um, oh, nice. which is a, a struggling tackle. Might not Three years, 34 million. I'm just going to tell you, Andre Dillard got a $29 million deal, about yeah. nine, 10 million. Like Jedrick Will's fifth year option is getting picked up. Like, I just mm-hmm. need you guys to understand that. The next deal yeah. for him, we'll see. But the fifth year is getting picked up when guys like Dillard who get nine or 10. It's just that you just need to kind of make yourself comfortable with that decision coming in the next. Uh, what is that? Does that have to be decided after the draft or before the draft? I can't remember, Jack. It's after the draft. Um, I thought so too. Yeah, I'd say it's mid May. Yeah, I think it's like the second week of May. Um, nice, good stuff. Coming back yeah, to you, Andrew, what'd you have? Yeah, just just one more thing that Jack said that I thought really caught my attention was the way that they've set, structured the contracts that they've signed already to 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 make more space for the next two years. I, I think that, you know, we talked earlier about whether or not they'd make a trade. I, I do think whether they make a trade or whether they're just aggressive at finding value in free agency, I do expect that that they're, they're going to push to fill a lot of these holes. I, you know, I, I know that it's been strange today with them sitting on their hands, but I think that that's more indicative of, of looking to kind of 
really push for the right value at spots rather than that they do not have an interest in any of these players. Uh, so I, my expectation, based on what Jack said, it would be weird to push so much cap in the future if you weren't planning on making more moves. I mean, and and I'll yeah, Jack, the other thing I wanted to ask you actually is, I, I, Watson's restructure is a no-brainer, right? The way that his contract is built, it ha- it almost has to be restructured. It, it it feels, I mean, I'm not the cap guy, but it feels to me like Garrett is the other guy that's kind of a no-brainer, just because he's going to be here for so long, and once he's gone, you know, he's not going to leave before his career's over, basically. So, like pushing his cap into the future makes a ton of sense too. So I feel like when they have, you know, a need for more cap space, he's the next lever they'll pull. Yeah, so on sort of the the pushing money down the line, I think that's just going to be a constant thing because roughly if we're looking at like cash spent, and obviously you can backload that cash in terms of cap and spread it over many years, but roughly about 115% of this year's salary cap is what they've spent in cash to kick it. And it kind of makes sense that that number because the salary cap, bar the pandemic, roughly went up about 12% each year. So effectively, what I believe Andrew Berry is doing is going, right, we will spend next season's salary cap every single year. And right. because you're spending right. next year's salary cap and it keeps going up, right. well, our budget's just bigger than every other team's. And right. I think that's kind of where his mentality is. And if you look at the cash spend, and this year will be a really, really good year to say, hey, is this all in line with where I expect it to be? That then gives you the idea of, all they're doing is going, we're going to spend next year's salary cap this year. And then we just keep kicking the, a little bit of the can over the road. But you can then do that. And suddenly it's like you're not over cooking it because if they suddenly went and spent 150% rather than 115, I'm like, well, we, we need to make some sweeping cuts in the next two years. Whereas right. if you're just 115% every single year, well, that, that's actually really sustainable um, and 100% right with Miles Garrett as the most sensible one. People look down the list and go, oh, Cooper's next, do Cooper. Right. Cooper doesn't really make sense because he's only got two years left under contract. Well, suddenly, if you restructure him, you've got next year where he'd be 20-something million on the cap. And then the year after when he's potentially gone and he's a free agent, you still have to pay 20 million on the cap because you've backloaded that deal. So Miles Garrett by far makes more sense than anyone else because even at the end of his deal, probably with an edge rusher, he, he's not going to be the same Miles Garrett is now, but he's still going to be really, really good at 31, 32. And so you can keep that deal going. So uh, yeah, 100%. Looking at the length of the contract is so much more important than just how much you free up by doing a deal. Yeah, the point here um, being made about the offensive line and how much they're investing into it. And I think that's why Jack and I kind of lockstep on not wanting postage back. And I know Andrew has been vocal about it, too, of like you have this advantage in Bill Callahan and you you seem to not want to try to apply it, even though you had tangible evidence of this because nobody cared about postage just signing last year. Nobody cared. I watched the film. Some other people did. And this is why they're doing their job and I'm doing mine. But I was watching and I'm like. I don't see it, man. Like, I just don't like, he's just fine. Like, not that I, not as far as like a starter, like it just wasn't yeah, there. No, exactly. He had gotten right. better. His last year had, had been better with, um, you know, with the Seahawks, but it was not at the point where he was signed. And I was like, okay, he's starting over Nick Harris. Like I just didn't see it. And it wasn't going that direction because Nick was the first guy in in preseason and then opportunity strikes and he plays pretty well. Now, again, the other element to it. And again, I spoke about it last night when I touched on the postage contract more in depth, but like, 
he's had one good stretch in his career. Mm-hmm. Are you sure? Like a lot of what I think the Browns have done a great job with on some of these extensions is they've, and this isn't an extension. It's a resigning. I understand that, but they have gotten like two years of evidence. You've had a great right. year. Wyatt Teller. Then you started the next year really good. And then they decided to extend. Mm-hmm. And it's like with Posich, you're in a rock and a hard place. It's clear that they're pretty panicky. The only thing that can come from this, in my opinion, the only piece you can pull is they just don't think Nick Harris is going to be ready. Like they don't think he's going to yep. be ready and having a hard time trusting that knee. That's just yep. truly deducing pretty common sense stuff there. So um, that that's what it tells us. But to the point of the original comment here, yeah, these guys have to be like at or like right there with Philly O line wise, right. like top three. They have to be dominant, dominant to justify what they're spending on it. So. Yep. That is a very uh, that is a very fair point. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's see. Questions. I'm going to try to go through some of these that come up. Do they need corners that badly if Lamar is leaving the division other than Burrow? Who <laughs> inspires fear in the D? I mean, Pittsburgh's got, you know, they've got Deontay yeah. Johnson, Pickens. They draft wide receivers well every year. You're obviously dealing with the trio in Cincinnati. And in, in general, you need good corners. And I, I, I will never fault them. Yeah, we'll never. The goal is to go to the Super Bowl and win it. Right. Not just win this division, although it'd be nice to get the first part of it, winning the division. But like. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't think you're ever mad about modern football collecting corners. Now, there's a you got to stop at some point, right? Got some pretty good ones. It's not makes sense to keep drafting them when you're neglecting other spots. We'll deal with that more toward the draft. But there certainly is still a niche that could be scratched here, which is they need to find somebody who excels in the slot to the point of like this guy could be a 35 snap player for them and not sacrifice run fits because I like Greg Newsom a lot. But it was pretty obvious at points this year he had wanted nothing to do with things inside the hash marks. And I don't blame him. He's not a very big dude. And the future of that position, as you guys know, you don't get paid big money to play in there. The the big money's on the outside. And that's um, why I thought it was a little bizarre when he was coming into the league. He was so gung-ho about it. I think he's sort of had an epiphany in the last few years. But he's still very talented, and you want him on the football field um, as much as you can. So kind of, again, 
scrolling through these. Let me try to find one. Um, here we go. Uh, Rob, you think the Rodgers trade needs to happen for free agency to pick back up, or does that have as much an impact on the rest of the league? I'll, I'll kind of piggyback this question too and go to you first, Jack. Does like so four o'clock you have to be under the cap? After the four o'clock under the cap window, do teams start doing some different things like going back and getting a little? I don't know how I'm trying to phrase this. You can't just live in a world where you're over the cap all the time, but like, like what's the four o'clock deadline mean? So once four o'clock hits, you're under, you can then start signing some deals that mean you can, you can push the envelope a little bit or what is it? Like, I, I guess I'm trying to figure out what the four o'clock number or time frame really, really, and in, 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 in it really holds teams to. Yeah. So four o'clock deadline is uh, that's the point where every single team needs to be under the salary cap and you have to then remain under the salary cap all the way through pub to the Super Bowl effectively um, if you cannot go over that number. Um, so teams will get under it. And as well, all, any trades that go through. So even if you read on Twitter that 15 minutes time, the Jets and Packers agree to a Rogers trade, Rogers isn't traded until after that time because you can't trade someone until the new league year. Um, so all of these moves, even like, say like when OBJ and the Cooper trade happened, Cooper wasn't a Cleveland Brown until that new league year. Um, Deshaun Watson, I think, was, wasn't. I don't even remember in terms yeah, of free agency. The, when yeah, it was happened. after the season started. Um, the, but you have yeah. to wait. And then if you try and submit a contract um, through the league of, hey, we want to sign this free agent, and that number's going to put you over the cap, just reject it. Um, and you don't get to sign that player, so you need to free out more money, whether it's restructures, stuff like that. This question has come up a couple times, Andrew, coming to you with a quarterback two. It feels to me like Kellen Mond is just it. I mean, I don't know why you would keep him the entire season on a, on a really yeah. impressive run of you're on the 53 the whole year and not dressed. Do you get the sense? I know they talked to Dorian Thompson Robinson at the yeah. Combine. Do you get the sense they're adding to that position outside of a camp arm? Or do you think they're going to try to, you know, filter out Kellen Mond for someone else? Well, yeah, it's hard. I I would be, I think I, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of saving on backup quarterback. I'm I'm glad that they haven't rushed out and spent six or $7 million on a backup. But um, even having said that, I would be a little uneasy if it was just Watson and Kellen Mond. Um, And then, like you said, a camp arm, I I think it's got to be either a, maybe there's a late round draft pick on a guy like you, you mentioned Dorian Thompson Robinson or, you know, uh, maybe maybe there's a there's a guy that we aren't thinking of. I mean, this, the contract that Sam Darnold signed with the 49ers is is really you know almost peanuts. I mean, that seems like a worthwhile investment to me to have. You know, I I understand that if Watson goes down for the season, there's no backup quarterback that's going to make the Browns good. Uh, but if he misses a game, don't you want to have some chance of winning that game? I mean. Uh, Jack, I know you liked, uh, uh, oh God, Jeff Driscoll, right. Was one of your guys, you know, as, as in terms of a backup that can just kind of come and come in and run around and do stuff for a game. Yeah. At the end of the day, if a backup's coming in, it's all about, can they run around because they're right. not going to win games with their arm. Right. So I like him as a potential, you bring him in camp arm and then you stash him as your third QB on the practice squad. If right. you're looking for a legitimate option, Josh Dobbs for me, makes so much sense as a guy that yeah. can come in and be that back. I've heard of him. I think I've seen him before, right? He, Wouldn't you rather have Josh Dobbs a million times over? And, I'll never forget the Zimmer quote when they asked him about, hey, do you want to see what you have with Kellen Mond? 
And his response was, yeah, I see it every day in practice. Like that was like the end all be all for this belief. And I know the Browns have their evaluation system and Kellen Mond was relatively high on it. I, I mean, I get it, but like largely due to some of the stuff he was able to do with his legs. But, but yeah, I'm to your point, Andrew, there there's two sides to it. Like, you don't want to spend any money there that matters because right. you're trying to do all these penny pinching things to develop spots, but you also are really afraid of Kellen Mond finding the football field. So it's a yeah, even if it's, it's a delicate a balance. Yeah. I will but, tell you guys. I noted that uh, Adam Schefter said Chad Henney's not coming out of retirement. If you're curious, okay. well, cross that. He off actually list. put out a tweet. Someone's called Chad Henney. Can't confirm or deny it was the Browns, but he said he's staying retired. So you know, yeah, take keep that him on your radar. Jack, keep going. Yep. But I think you, you generally have four QBs in camp. If you bring in, say, it's Dobbs and you, you offer him two millions, the contract, but it's effectively 150000 guaranteed or something. So mm-hmm. it, you, it's cuttable. Then you've got Mond. And then sixth round, you right. get Dorian Robinson or whatever his name is. And happily roll with three QBs right. because it doesn't bother me having the last QB spot because if you develop someone into a backup, well... Dorian's going to cost you four million for four years rather than pay four million yeah. for a backup. Exactly. So I'd I'd roll with that, and then you just get bodies, and it's like whoever wins it, so be it. Um, but to touch on one question I'd seen um, in our comments section earlier, people asking about Tacky Tacky. It's the other contract we haven't touched on, mm-hmm. but effectively they use something called the minimum salary veteran minimum salary benefit. Um, they're going to pay him like two point six million, but he's only going to count one point two. Um, well, I've got it open here. Um, 1.232 um, on the salary cap. And that's something the NFLPA and the league work with just to get these guys a really low cost because otherwise no team's really going to pay him. The player gets a little bit more money, but yeah. it never lands on the salary cap. This isn't backloaded. They're going to pay him 2.6 million, but they'll only have to account for about half of it on the salary cap. Um, and that doesn't rule out signing anyone else He's effectively just going to be a min-price Sam linebacker for the team. Um, maybe drop in as a backup, Mike, if needed. But there's oh, he can play if he's right. He could play. He started to play so well last year. So I love the way you explain that and what they're doing there and using it and 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 giving him a chance to get healthy. And if he comes back and proves he's like he he was playing really good football and not just a Sam backer. Like he was playing some Mike and some will and being effective at it and starting to feel out things. And that's what sucked about that injury in Houston was like, man, you could see the light bulb was really coming on for him. And um, I'm just, I'm just happy sticking around. I think they like him a lot too. the person, a good locker room presence. So uh, thanks for touching on that, Jack. That's a good point. And something people should know the question about, I'm going to answer this one real quick and we'll keep moving. And I'm sorry, this is from way back at 723. We're going to try to like lightning speed catch up here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for me, the, the 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 necessity for speed is there. I want it. It's not a free agent thing for me. There are so many guys in the draft between like Jalen Hyatt, Tyler Scott, uh, Marvin Mims, um, Trey Palmer. Like I'm dra- if I'm looking and I'm saying my wide receiver room needs guys who can eat up grass, lift the lid of coverage, or threaten teams to to stay in more too high or shade in the direction of one of these guys, or back off the depth of a corner. The draft is the spot I'm doing it. Like, I'm not chasing that. Now, if you want somebody who's more of a complete player, whether that's be a trade, a bigger body type who's proven they can hit like that, like a DJ Shark or a, a take a shot on a player that can run, um, but is also kind of given some route nuance and you really want a guy that you know is going to play and run different levels like Darius Slayton, I think is the answer there. But 
If I'm saying I need Ant- like a, a version of Anthony Schwartz that actually functions as a football player, I'm drafting that guy. That's just me, though. So keep moving on these. So uh, moving to the next one, um, we don't really have time to contrast the, the Draymond deal. I'm sorry about that. Uh, you know, if you don't wear brown and orange, you don't matter is the old theory, right? Um, uh, there it is. Uh, let's see if we can find a good one here. I think the third down players being asked about Tomlinson. I, I'm watching enough. From, I mean, it took me it. all day. I mean, I, I would or third down or every down player. Okay. Yeah. Not, not just third down. Yeah. Okoronko is playing, man. Just watch the film room tomorrow. I promise it's going to be, it's pretty good. So he can play. Uh, who are the best fits left at defensive tackle? We can do that real quick. Um, let me see here. Uh, I'll go through names and you guys tell me which ones you would take. Okay. Um, again, we, we did this a minute ago, but Sheldon Rankin's about six million per year. Ionitis cheaper than that. Morgan Fox about the same as Ionitis. Ashawn Robinson, Puna Ford, Greg Gaines, Taven Bryan, Fletcher Cox. That's kind of the list that's available. A lot of the bottom tier guys have signed. Um, and I know you've talked about here Calais Campbell too. We have to throw him in. God, Calais Campbell would be I, fun. Um, you guys go ahead. Give me give me two names you would take from that list quickly. Jack, you're um, I would take Fox and Lowry. But I would say yep. keep an eye on Nathan Shepard because if they want to go cheaper yep. as a second guy, I know Brad Ward's been a big fan of him. Very athletic, good pass rush number. So just just want to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. It's one of the more fake sounding names in the NFL, but we'll keep moving. I, I promise, yeah, that's Jack. A Ma- that's that a Madden up. generated player for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I really, I mean, talk about fun names. Puna Ford is a is a guy for me, and I think he's you know he's he's was hurt last year and and not as effective, and so probably a little bit of a value there and. Um, you know, the other guy that I think is, you know, if they really want to just like be done with the run defense thing being a problem, I think Ashawn Robinson from an attitude and skill perspective would is the kind of ass kicker. Him and Tomlinson together, I mean, that's night and day compared to last year. Pass rush wouldn't be great, but right. I, I will say there would not be – they would keep your linebackers as exactly. free as can be, right. and it would be – it would still yeah. be yeah. – pretty fun and i'm just telling you even if you put a sean on the field with tomlinson you're not getting any worse pass rush production than the fellows that were on the field last year it would still be better not top of the nfl good but it would be better uh jack do you want to add to that does anyone want to have a guess at a sean robinson's pressure percentage oh it's not good i know that but he's not that's not how he's wired man it's it's 2.7 yeah yeah it's not it's not good but again he's very esoteric in what he's trying to do and how they've used him and um, it'd be a significant just, uh, change for Andrew Berry yeah. um, and uh, people say is it Woods is it Berry on where the DTs were I don't think they truly value um, run defense um, so it would be a significant yeah. shift I would be happy to oh, see a significant change from Andrew Berry Colts and finally signed someone that's not a kicker yeah, me, me too, um, Samson Ebukam uh, yeah. 27 million over 3 so roughly where we expect it to be because the room was sort of nine, 10 million a year. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, they've lost. The 49ers have lost so much talent. Now, they obviously gained back Hargrave, but they needed another player because they don't pick until like 103 or something. So they needed another player opposite uh, Nick Bosa. They've always been a, a high-volume rotate them in and out uh, group there that they play. If you want to see a defensive front that plays hard, Watch the 49ers. They are nonstop, all go all the time. Like, it's crazy turning on the Browns last year uh, and then turning on the 49ers night and day. Real quick, going, uh, continuing. Addy Adebaware, listen, 
freak of nature fits everything the Browns would want, but they're not getting him at 98 the way people tried to project him. He'd have to be taken at 42. That's just where I'm at with it. I don't know if he's gone by 42, but I know he's not making it to 98. And even if you'd say my favorite hypothetical trade is moving back with Denver to 68 and 69 or something like that, there's they're back-to-back picks in the late 60s. Um, I don't think he's there at 67. So it's 42 or nothing for him. Uh, are you surprised, guys, that Jacoby Brissett hasn't signed anywhere? I think I am. Um you know, yeah, I, I would have thought, thought he would, more thought he would go over somebody. some of them. Agreed, Jack. I, I think he'll get paid. Um, I just think it's people sensing out the market. So uh, I, I'm, I'm still fine. And I think um, someone around the top will go out and uh, give him a nice pretty, pay. pretty stunned. Andy Dalton is the choice of the Panthers over, um, over him. Uh, but anyway, I think he needs a very specific offense, though. I think like. What we saw is he couldn't function well in Miami's RPO system that they were running, but he comes here and he plays in that specific style and and um, what Stefanski does with that Kubiak stuff. If he could find a landing spot like that, I thought Atlanta would actually be a pretty interesting location, but they're pretty much all in on Ritter. Uh, cornerbacks uh, project to safety, our cornerbacks, I don't think so. I think people try to do this a lot, um, and, and I'm not knocking you. Uh, I think it's an exalted one. Um but I think that's kind of just like living in a Madden world. Some r- randomly few make it to an actual safety transition, but it's pretty damn hard. It's just, it's a, it's a completely different view of the game at safety than it is at corner. And you're asked to do a lot of different things. Usually that transition happens early in careers, doesn't happen um, later in careers. And I just, I know a lot of people kind of like float the Martin Emerson thing. And like, I just, would rather keep him at corner. I just, I think we can find an answer at safety, um, you know, th- rather than do that. Um, trying to find if there's any other ones. allowed to yeah. ask a question? Yeah, dude. It's open it forum. Run so it. So lots of people are really high on Chauncey Gore, CGJ, uh, the safety, because <laughs> uh, I put you every time. I don't get it personally. So open to being sort of encouraged, I think is, yeah. Why? It's eleven and a half million for what would be kind of my. He's got a lot of diverse stuff he can do. I mean, he can play the slot. He's done it well. Um, he can play deep. He can play man. He can do a bunch of different things. And most teams have been benefiting from his services. And he's a he's an attitude guy too. Like he brings a level of swagger to your defense. I get the draw. I wouldn't be. I could see the vision if they did sign him, but I think there are different options that fit more of what they're looking for at a better price point. Until Juan Thornhill is signed somewhere else, I continue to peg him as the most logical answer that I really, really hope they're talking to. Loved him coming out of the draft and would love to get a shot at him in free agency. The question about Corey Davis, um, I would imagine there's only so many guys these people in the Jets can sign. Um, and kind of piggybacking off of this, Brian O two one asks, do they have room to 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 keep DJ? I mean um, Elijah Moore. I don't know why they'd give up on him. <laughs> I really, I mean, like I, I continue to say, why are people so? If we had a player like Jerry Judy or Elijah Moore, would you want to give him up? Like why would why you 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 we live in this world where people are really excited about these other rookie contract players that have shown really promising flashes. And it's like, if you wouldn't want to give them up, why do they want to give them up? You're going to have to give up something real to get them. And I still don't see that happening. I just, I don't see that happening. That's just me though. Do you guys 
a disagree with me there. I mean, I, I again, I, just, I don't see it happening. I think it's one that you've got to give up value. Um, and they're going to be asking, well, what are we getting back? And people don't like it. But when I throw out Newsom, throw out JOK and go, hey, if you're not feeling the pain for trading for one of these really valuable wide receivers, because we remember Claypool going for a second, the value is so high. If you're thinking, oh, yeah, I'd happily give up that, you're not offering enough. Um, and I would say that's the key thing to remember with any of these rookie wide receivers you're going after. 100%. Uh, do you think Poster Your Hair is going to start next year? I think the answer is six years, 18 million, or uh, three years, 18 million. That's who's going to start next year. That's the investment. If they didn't believe it, they would have started, they would be starting. Nick, um, is there an out in that postage contract after a year or two? Or have you seen details on that? I've got nothing yet. I haven't even seen the guaranteed number. Um, I will say, because if there is an out, if there's a way out of that contract early, you could see if there's any doubt baked in. If now, if it's a three-year deal similar to what we just talked about a minute ago with Okoronkwo, then that tells you, again, more of their faith, right? They'd be able to trade it off, I'm sure, after year one. And it was really interesting because I haven't seen Jake Blendell's numbers, but both, all four center options all re-signed with their own team. And the three numbers have all come out, all six million. So yeah. um, really interesting to see how it's all just slotted in and gone, hey, um, it's not one where they could have really gone cheaper and got a proven starter. Could have been risky and taken my boy Corey Levin, but it was a lot of risk there. This, If you wanted to be steady, you pay six million or you don't get one. Good stuff, Jack. Next question, again, exalted one. Does Watson sort of have a Callahan effect on our wide receivers looking at what he did in 2020? Andrew? I mean, I hope so. The thing that I said, you know, uh, last week when we were talking about, you know, our ideal approach to free agency was I don't I just don't want there to be any excuses either for the, the quarterback or the head coach. This the year this year for the Browns is about making sure that you have the, the right head coach to get the most out of this quarterback because you're committed to the quarterback for the foreseeable future. You're not committed to the head coach. So um if we cannot go to get to the end of the season saying, well, he didn't have his preferred wide receiver. He didn't have enough weapons. And so we don't know what the offense would really look like if they add another draft another wide receiver next year. So they, they absolutely, in my opinion, have to add somebody somewhere of a veteran presence that gives Watson another option just to be sure in depth and in versatility that, that they're not, you know, making excuses for themselves at the end of the season. There, there are no excuses at, at any point from now for anybody. There are no right. valid excuses um, right. other than if you get decimated by injuries because that's that's uh, the only thing that could keep things uh, to go awry there. So uh, Dozer12, I hope I'm saying your name right there, man. Uh, love to your opinions hypothetically with all the drama with Eckler in L.A., Approach the Browns, so you would swap. It's a, it's a paragraph. Basically, it's an Eckler for Nick swap. Would, would you do right. it in, in a pick swap? Current cap's yeah. around $7 million range. Probably a pipe dream. Love to hear your opinion on it. I'm not answering no, that question. No. I'm moving on. No, I, not because of – I'm just uh, – Just on trades and Browns players in and out, I think if you're going to see a trade, it's probably nearer your Ronnie Harrison, your Chase Winovich-style trade than any of this big splash stuff. Um, and I I could easily see another um, Mac Wilson for Chase Winovich-style deal where they look at mm-hmm. – Phillips, they look at Elliot, they look at Taven, uh, not Taven Bryant, Harrison Bryant, and go, this guy's not going to make the roster. Give us a guy that's not going to probably make your roster, but there's some talent there, and then just swap them. 
to see if it works out. So I think that's probably where you're going to see a trade. Um, Why all the big ticket stuff is sexy, fun to chat about, it's really unlikely at the same time. I would just say I love how Austin Eckler plays football, though, and where I would want this yeah. offense to go. Yeah, absolutely. That is like if it was like a – I'm not even going to say it because it would just piss people off. I'm going to move on. Um, knowing what we know about Draymond Tomlinson's deals, would you rather have won on Jones for approximately $3 million more um, or is Dalvin the better value? Here's what we know, and I said this on my pod last night. They were in. They were heavily in on Hargrave. They were one of two teams competing, and he made a choice between the Browns and 49ers. We did not get an actual report that said it was the Browns or the Seahawks, but we know they were in, and they wanted Draymond. It's not ironic here, guys, that Draymond signed two hours later, Dalvin, or, uh, Dalvin Tomlinson signs. They were in. I have not a doubt in my mind that they were in. They preferred those two to Dalvin Tomlinson. Now, does that mean that they screwed up? We don't know. You never know how free agency is going to go. I can certainly see why they would still like Dalvin Tomlinson in their list because, hey, he's pretty good at defending the run. We need that. He can, he's gotten more pass rush juice lately. We see the draw. We like him. It's going to be less than what we would offer for Draymond. Obviously, age tied into that whole thing. But I don't know that I'd rather have him. I, I don't. I mean, again, that like I get why there's $3 million difference. One's a significantly younger player and is carving his path through pass rush. Right? That's why he's $3 million more per year. But that doesn't mean that he was the best answer for what the Cleveland Browns need in the next two years. I think you could still see Dalvin Tomlinson be what they needed for two years and potentially keeping him on another third year if he plays really, really well is not out of the realm of possibility here. So I will just say it's a huge wait and see. I think I see the trade-off effect of why it would have been $3 million more. I would not have been that bothered by Draymond, but I certainly am not just reeling from missing out. So I'll leave it that way. If you guys want to add anything, feel free. But I, I mean, like the, the logistics of it make a ton of sense to me. And it's, it's hard to say whether they'll regret it or not. Cause again, these things go, these things could go either way. They, they really do. They, they, you know, Draymond could blow up in Seattle and become a complete player. And you're really sad. You didn't pay that three or four extra million to get him to Cleveland, but he could also just go downhill and he's not as good. And Tomlinson's a really solid player for what the Browns needed. So it's just, uh, it's hard to predict these free agency things, man. I think I, when I'm throwing around that much money, I want consistency and, and I want to be happy with the return I'm getting. I don't want to be chasing breakout years. Hey, if I'm spending three, four million on a guy, chase the breakout, go for the upside and gamble. If I'm spending that much, I don't want to gamble. And we have to look sort of PFF isn't the rubber stamp and everything's perfect, but it's a good gauge. Let's just look at top 25 defensive tackle seasons. Last three years, Javon Hargrave's got one in the top 25. And Devon Payne had zero in the top 30. Um, you've got Draymond Jones, best season in all three was 27th. Um, Zach Allen was 24th last year and the others are 88 and 92. And then we look at Dalvin Tomlinson, last season, 14th. Season four, 16th. Season four, that 20th. It's a beacon of playing consistency. He's always on and the field. That's and all that's I want. something. It matters. Give, yeah. give me confidence that this guy is going to be good. And it's why I said, I don't think they're going to get to any 10 plus guys. But if they did, there was two guys that I said I could see. It was Davenport and it was Dalvin Tomlinson. And it, it makes a lot of sense. So, um, yeah, why wouldn't you buy something where you go, I, I'm confident I'm going to get this return? Because it, it, buyer beware on all these other guys, especially Hargrave, because he is not coming with the rest of the Eagles D-line. 
Um, and I think lots of people look at what he's done there and gone, hey, yeah, give me that. If you were taking the entire Eagles D-line, give me that, inject it into me. But you're just buying him. And uh, yeah, most of these guys are going to get cut after two years. Yeah. I, I would, Andrew, I would differ just something? to say that I, I think the age piece is valuable to me, having somebody, you know, 26. Um, and I, I understand what Jack, Jack is saying about not overpaying for, you know, overpaying for the breakout year. But I think the, the, the flip side of that is catching a guy on his on his ascending trajectory. Right. Is it, I mean, to your point, Jake, there's a chance that Draymond Jones is, you know, a very good player the next two years. And I think, you know, the idea, I mean, the reason we were in on on the Buckner trade or, um, you know, Draymond Jones, any of those guys is the idea of a difference making player on the interior to pair with Miles Garrett is so seductive that it makes that sort of risk palatable to me only because it would fundamentally change what they're able to do on offense or defense. I'm sorry. These are the conversations that happen Two perspectives. I, I love the way you two counterbalance that. And these are where like, you know, GMs are hearing two different perspectives and they have to decide about that. And I, but again, I have no evidence that they weren't in on those two guys, the two Hargrave and, 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 and uh, who am I thinking? Um, Jones. Draymond Jones. Like yeah. I don't have any evidence that they weren't. So they, like, you know, you can say, well, look, look what the Browns did or, or whatever, whatever they missed out. They're chasing these guys just because yeah. they landed Thomason doesn't mean that if you brought them aside and said, what's your ideal scenario that they didn't have Hargrave or Jones here. So again, that's the, the yin and yang of, of uh, a free agency Qu- quickly. Rob asked about uh, hunt coming back for cheap. No, it's not happening. They drafted forward to move on in this former fashion. We don't have to waste any time on this, and I'm not disrespecting your question, Rob, but this is why they drafted Ford, and um, it's naturally to slide in and slot into this role, and I still think they could add another back, whether free agency or it's a loaded draft class that I would like to take somebody later on in that draft class. Uh, Matt, uh, you know, I definitely want to get to what you have to say, uh, considering the help you do with Twitch. Um, yeah, I would imagine they, they definitely got Callahan's opinion, and he probably did like Postage more. He's a yeah. bit more... Um, you know, uh, prototypical size wise for the position. And I would imagine that Callahan really liked what he saw from him, the growth and development. And yeah, he's a part of that opinion. I, I certainly think he's a part of that opinion. Um, who do we like most? Uh, this is hard. There's a lot, uh, you know, DT linebacker, wide receiver. We've I think we've kind of answered that as we've gone, we've picked pretty much all those positions. I, a question I missed above was guys that are still uh, free agents that are last year's group. Like, who else is out there, Jack? It's uh, Anthony Walker. Jonas Johnson, I would keep an eye on. Um, I think okay. I've always said that makes a lot of sense. Bring him back on the minimum. You know what he can do for this team and really good special teamer, which super helps out because Jerome Ford had eight carries last year. That for me, I yep. think it was neglect at the end of the season for them to keep running Hunt and just go, we need mm. to know what we've got here because for me, they have to bring in a running back. Um, I don't think it'll be Hunt, but they have to bring someone in. Anthony Walker has always made a lot of sense to return, played so well um, for the team. Why, why wouldn't you go? Let's bring that guy back. In terms of other guys, they could bring back Farrah Brown, but it's uh, battling for QB uh, tight end three until they draft a guy. Froholt mm-hmm. is one that they could bring back as a camp body. Um, just looking down the list, <laughs> there's always the chance that Taven Bryan comes in as the... Uh, DT opposite Tom. If he's playing 200 snaps, I don't, I don't have a huge issue with it. I don't want him playing 500 snaps, but like if he's a, he's a very cheap player, then I wouldn't be like thinking that's a terrible choice. I mean, Anthony Walker seems to be the most logical one. They love him and great leader. And 
was playing really stellar before the injury. But I, I mean, again, that to me is still, I've thrown out some other names like Devin Bush and some other ones that I'd be interested in at linebacker, just like a reclamation project. Uh, but the Walker thing still feels the most logical. Any other ones we're missing? No, I'd say that's you guys that are likely to come back. Um, I'm, gotcha. I'm curious on Walker just with that injury. Like it was a, it was a torn quad, right? Like, I don't yeah. know, you know, that's not one you see as often. So I, I wonder what his, you know, I, I was surprised when they re-signed Taki Taki, the, 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 you know, consensus with that was that he'd be ready, be ready around the start of the season. So possibly a pup candidate, you know, comes back week three, four, something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm curious what Walker, I mean, I know it was September that he got hurt, but torn quad i don't know i don't know yeah, what that looks i don't like. know i don't either and especially he's, he's not that old i think he's still below 30 but he's nfl yeah. old at this point right. so yeah, fifth, sixth, and then, are they yeah. could they could keep chasing the high of jacob phillips and just say we got our guy <laughs> you, know, you never know How dare uh, you. just just say with jacob phillips i could easily see his rollers less keeping for the first four weeks why 100%. either tacky or walker is on pump and right. then bring them back so yeah. that could be one where he's so he's bad. effectively here for four weeks and then he's gone um, because they will need a body. Um, Reggie Ragland, actually, one yeah. I would love to see come back. Um, oh, there's a I lot of linebacker names still still out there. It's a cheap market that you can get some players. So yep. keep an eye on that. Uh, playback, man, I love playback. The NFL is the NFL, and they will not work a deal with them, unfortunately. Um, so we have no opportunity to do playback. If that comes back around, you will be the first to know, and we will do it again because I love doing those. Um See if there's anything else here. Hey, this is a good question. How do you get into sports writing without journalism? You just do it. You do it. You go on social media. You say smart things. You talk to smart people. You catch the right eye of the right people at the right time and work your butt off. You don't have to have a journalism degree if you do all the right things and learn on the fly. Um, I would say just on that is is find your yeah. niche that you're good at. Because yeah. if I started writing about X's and O's, no one would follow me because <laughs> I have no clue what I'm talking about. Whereas – I, I've I've owned an area and I, I I then know all about that area, reach out to other people that cover that. And I think it's just find what you want oh, to God. do because too many people go, no. I'm just going to go generic. Um, and then that that's where it just gets lost in the, the mesh. Find out what you, you'll know what you're passionate about. Focus on that area and go for it. If you want to do sort of draft stuff, go actually, I'm going to do draft D-line um, yeah. and really focus around all that. And then, yeah, once you've built it, then you can expand that out. I'd find your niche and really go for it. That's what I did back in the day. Um, I screwed that up earlier. I read it as 49ers are re-signing Samson Ebicom. That's the Colts Colts. are actually uh, signing him. So apologies for that. Uh, I read it as former 49ers free agent, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't see the Colts at the bottom of Adam Schefter's tweet. So that's a me me mistake. Anything else here? Would I consider Jack Campbell at 42? I, I Listen, he's a freak. His film is as good as you will see from a Mike linebacker in, in, a, in a recent draft, and he's athletically a nearly perfect athletic score. He's a freak. If they were ever going to do it, they, if they continue to sign more, they continue to sign more pieces, they sign another edge, they sign another D tackle, they get a safety, it's not out of pocket. We, we said it when they drafted JOK. They never drafted a linebacker, and they did. I'm telling you, Jack Campbell is phenomenal. I think he's going to have a long and good NFL career. So, again, not out of the realm of possibility. Any other questions here? There's a lot of good conversation. Um, oh, Jake, one for you. What's yeah, your favorite Houston Texans tight end? 
I don't care, man. They all look the same. They all have the same number. They all are like you. You write one every day. I don't really have one. I mean, I I wish our our, our boy Darren Fells was still. Is he still floating around the NFL, or did he officially retire? Uh, he was on the practice squad two years ago for uh, Tampa Bay for a stretch, but I didn't see him get picked up anywhere last year. Love it. Well, Fells, we love you back, man. Um, I think this year is a loaded tight end class too that I hope they dip their – like a Britton Strange from Penn State late. Got my eyes on him, man. Josh Wiley, Cincinnati. There's a lot of draft stuff to come here, but we are in the midst of um, a I'll lot of free agency fun. stuff. Real quick, I just want to remind everybody before you say this, Jack, uh, last chance to get questions in. We're going to get out of here in just a few minutes. If you have any other burning questions, let us know. Keep going. I'll pick up the phone off the Darren Waller trade and just ask about fourth-round pick for the Giants last year, Daniel Bellinger. Um, you love Just Daniel because yeah. if, if, if they're really willing to listen to offers, I'd send a fifth and then take him. Take him I think he's hand. your white whale. I think he's your white whale. The question here we're going to close with, which is a good one for the feature of this show, dream free agent – who would it be? You could get one more that's open on the market right now. We'll let Andrew lead off. Go ahead. Uh, well, we'll come back to Andrew. Jack, Andrew's going to think, <laughs> who's yours? So I, I'm just going to go nuts because it will cause carnage and it will be great fun. OBJ. Um, I, I would just that's be great so answer. there for it. That's a great that answer. Carnage. That is carnage. Yeah. I would say mine. I want to say Arden Key. You guys know I love him but I would say Juan Thornhill. I, I really think they need a safety answer. And I think I would just really love to get Thornhill to solve that role. So, um, but boy, Arden Key's like, right. They're one and two the, the, get both of those guys. And I would just float off into the sea, a happy man uh, for the rest of the off season. Andrew, who's yours? Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know that he's even been released yet, but if Zadarius Smith becomes available and they sign Marcus, Dabby he's available. Before, so he prob- yeah. Okay. So uh, that, he yeah. never got released. He just wants more money. <laughs> Oh, I thought he right. did get released. He'll get he's released. They don't want him there. So the, the reason why he's got three million of incentives based on uh, being per game roster bonuses, stuff like that. If they turned around and guaranteed that three million, he'd probably cheer up. So uh, it, it's a bit of leverage on his behalf. I see. Okay. Well, I, Greg I, Joseph I think... back to the Vikings. So that's their dream signing. Former Browns kicker. Whether it's whether it's Zadarius Smith or Carlos Dunlap, some, somebody, another big-bodied edge. I really don't want to see Alex Wright play a bunch of snaps this year. Who is it then? Pick your guy. You can have any I of them. I, you want Arden uh, Key? Yes, please. Yes, You'd, you'd, you'd love yes, some Arden Key. We got an Arden Key out of Andrew. There it is. Um, listen, nobody has life like former Browns kickers. They just continue to float around the NFL. Um that's it. That's All the last I've seen. Better at kicking than they were when they were here. Let's hope that turns around. Be really nice to see Cade be good next year. Be, be great. Yep. Would make everyone's life a lot easier. For so, the Browns. Uh, for for the Browns. Yes, not Cade going and kicking for like the Cardinals <laughs> or something. Um, that's it, man. We're out. We had a lot of questions. We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of topics. Uh, we appreciate Andrew. You stopping by, man. I love the balance of opinions that we get and the, and the thorough insight from you and then Jack obviously continuing to crush the salary cap conversation in a way that nobody else in this market is doing, man. So uh, like Jack said, find your niche, stick to it and stay in your lane. That's what I try to do in this life for Andrew, for Jack. We're out of here. We appreciate you guys. If anything crazy happens in the coming days, huge signings. We will be back as a group from the OBR and discuss it at some point, but otherwise Mm -hmm. status quo remains the same. You'll continue to get great write-ups. Jack will have more 
um, probably get uh, something on Taki Taki a little more out or, or we also need to get postage. So you'll see that coming from Jack in the coming days. Um, Andrew's going to spend some time proofreading my film room um, on, on Okorongwa, which is again, I think it's the most fun I've had doing a film room in a while and uh, spent a lot of time writing it. So hopefully you guys enjoy it tomorrow morning. It'll be up bright and early and then we'll get one up as well on Dalvin Tomlinson and you know, anybody else who gets signed or they trade for somebody, God forbid, uh, we'll write them up too. And we'll spend a lot of time making sure you understand every in and out of who they sign from a money standpoint, a number standpoint, as Cody Sweat put out some great analytics studies as well and a film room standpoint. So continue to check out the OBR for everything you need from every angle, your favorite football team, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, we should have a, a great show again on for you tomorrow, the OBR weekly. So check that out. Otherwise, stop by every morning, stop by during your lunch break, stop by in the evening, hang out with us, talk Browns. We appreciate you. Have a good night. Go Browns, guys. Go Browns. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.